when we pick up here is uh, coming off uh, a lot of things that we learned about the 70 being sent out and uh, the Lord uh, speaking of woe to certain cities. And if you just look at the captions uh, throughout chapter uh, chapter 10, you'll see uh, kind of what we covered. But moving uh, moving into uh, verse 1 of, of uh, chapter 11, you'll see he the Lord had just spoken on the Good Samaritan and... Uh, there was somebody there uh, trying to justify himself and and uh, asking Jesus some questions and and uh, asked the question, well, who's my neighbor? And the Lord gave him the um, the uh, the Good Samaritan and uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan and and then uh, after that was Mary and Martha and there are different types of worship. One was serving and one was seated at his feet. And we talked about the necessity we need to have in our lives to have a balance in our lives that we do need to serve. And we also need to be able to sit quietly at his feet. So um, good balance there. I, I think these two get um, uh, there are oftentimes in the scriptures where uh, people will say, oh, Thomas and everybody go, ah, doubting Thomas. You know, or, you know, Mary and Martha, and we'll, we'll just kind of ascribe whatever it is that we that first comes to mind. But just knowing that these two love the Lord deeply and uh, um, and there, there are so many people in the scripture that, that did uh, love the Lord deeply. And Peter, a lot of people say, hey, you petered out. And I, we've talked about that before. People say that and they're like, oh, really? So you're crucified upside down, according to church tradition. Oh really? So that's uh, that's what petering out is. I don't want anything to do with that, <laughs> right? So there there's some things here that uh, that uh, sometimes I think that uh, that uh, we can just remember. Oh Mary Martha, uh, but there's so much more to their lives and, and to their stories and everything. So, um, but that's that's where we left off in chapter ten, and and we're picking up in verse eleven, verse one. It says now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So we'll stop there and then we'll read the rest of verses 2, 3, and 4 here in a minute. So uh, it's an important thing to, to look at here right in, in, in verse 1 is the Lord praying. And it was a, it was a common practice for him. And, and throughout the book of Luke, because the book of Luke is focused on, is focused on the humanity of, uh, the, the biggest emphasis of the humanity of Jesus. And uh, and if you break those all down, um, uh, Matthew uh, was presenting Jesus as the Messiah, uh, Mark uh, as as the servant, and then uh, John as the son of God in his deity. So when when you're breaking it down into the emphasis from each each of the uh, the gospel accounts, uh, Luke, it's, uh, Luke himself was writing of the humanity of Jesus. And uh, there's a lot here where, where when we can look at the humanity of Jesus and him praying, uh, you know, he, he was taking that time uh, to be in fellowship, direct fellowship with the Father. And it's an important thing for us as we're about to read verses 2, 3, and 4 about what praying is and how to pray to understand that Jesus gave us the example that he himself did it. And uh, the question becomes, why is it so hard for us to do? You know, why is it so? The, and, I, and I think the answer is because we don't think there's a benefit to it. Uh, whether we do or not, I, I, th I think sometimes that we can convince ourselves or we'll listen to our, 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 uh, the, the laziness in our hearts that says, well, do I really want to do this? Do I, okay, if I'm going to lock myself in a closet or I'm going to go out to my car or I'm going to do whatever, is it really going to yield the results? And it's so important for us to understand the necessity of prayer in our lives. We have to have prayer in our lives. You know, if you look at in Acts, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine in prayer, right? They just, they're there, those those four main food groups that it goes on um, uh, in fellowship and the breaking of bread. So that that, that prayer, uh, it's easy easier for us to get up and come to church, I think, than it is for us to go sit quietly sometimes and sit in front of our Bibles uh, and, and pray to the Lord. So if Jesus did it, uh, we should be doing it, and uh, it's uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. But in uh, in in prayer, I think sometimes is uh, we can go through the list. Okay, here, Lord, here's my list. I'm going to run through these things. Send, click send, and I'm off doing whatever I'm going to do. Right, but uh, but it's very much a conversation with the Lord and sitting quietly and also listening uh, for Him to speak to our hearts too. So. 
so the Lord had, had had just finished praying, and one of his disciples said, "Can you teach us to pray?" John's John's disciples were taught by him. Can you teach us what it is to pray? And and he had back in uh, Matthew chapter seven uh, had already done that, and, but. He goes into and, and he says, so verse two says, so he said to them, when you pray, say, now you've got to realize when, whenever I read this, I grew up Catholic. And whenever I read this, somebody would say it instantly. I'm waiting for the church to come in and say it with me. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to just read this. So I'll go through it, but, um, and then we'll talk about it. But, um, uh, when you pray, say our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is awesome to read. The Lord giving us a model to pray. That's something for us, that as you're praying, you know, pray in this manner. Um, and, we, and we have something, a, a roadmap to give us, okay, the first thing we should do is, is, is address the Lord for who he is, our Father in heaven. Now, uh, other world religions look at God, uh, or, or their, I should say, their God, as an angry God that if they don't sacrifice this or they don't pour out enough milk to the rat gods or whatever, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? There's so much of that that they're just trying not to get struck by lightning or whatever it is, right? You know, but we can go and we can call out to the one that has adopted us as children and call him our father. That is so powerful. You know, our father in heaven, our father in heaven. And I was listening to um, Damien Kyle, who I, who I really enjoy listening to. Um, if you need somebody who's really loud and eccentric, Damien Kyle is not that guy. He's very calm, very quiet, but awesome. You know, he's he's. I, I love the way he teaches, and and he he brought up the fact that sometimes somebody may have a, a, an earthly father that you know, you calling somebody father may be very difficult because of you know that person may have been abusive or not been around or whatever it is. But we can go to our heavenly father and know that he's a true father to us, that he provides for us, that he loves us, cares for us. So our father in heaven, not our angry God that wants to strike us dead every three seconds, but he's our father in heaven that is building us in a relationship to uh, to him. So our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name. So that's setting the tone for us as we're praying of who we're praying to. So I, I think sometimes, and I, I've seen it, um, especially uh, as a youth pastor, I, I worked with kids and youth, and I know I've shared that several times, but that was way back in like 20, 2001, 2002 timeframe over in Washington. And, and then throughout you know, the last 20 years or so, just been, you know, I, and I have kids that are you know, teenagers and everything. But I, I think sometimes we can make a mistake in trying to make God just present, always present God as a, as a best friend, pal, buddy. You know, I love this reminder. Yes, he does love us, and he's closer to us than, than anything. But our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name of who he is, of how holy he is. Because at times, I think if we're if we're talking to God only as a best friend to us, we might lose some reverence for who he is. So just a, it's a reminder, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just understanding the Holy One, who we're talking to. You know, uh, you know when... Um, um, I'll remember his name here. Uh, Moses in burning bush. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, but as he's being brought for, he said, you take your sandals off for where you stand is holy. You know, it, it's that coming to the Lord and understanding who we are, who he is. Uh, and, uh, because I think especially in all our culture, um, we want everything to be very calm and uh, very friendly and very bubbly and everything. And not that I, I, I hope I'm not painting a picture of of that the Lord doesn't want us to be able to come to Him, but just understanding who He is because there's such an irreverence for who God is in our culture. The big man upstairs. Tell you what, when I get there, you know, me, me and God are gonna have a talk, right? How many times have we heard that, right? You know, and and thinking, and I've just no, 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 you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Look in the scripture. Everybody's just face down, like, please, please, you know, everybody just face down in front of him. But hallowed be your name. 
um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, that uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, we've, I know I've spoke on that several times uh, being up here, but, but for the kingdom of God to come here and for what his will is to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, that's an amazing thing to think of. That's a, that's a powerful thing for us to be able to meditate on is uh, just how this world system is, how this world is uh, in rejection to the Lord and doesn't, you know, I, I think I, was it you I just heard uh, talking before. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I like to interact a little bit. But uh, you were saying something about when you're talking to people, you can't say, you know, God or, you know, my faith or you have to be very careful. Right. Right. And so uh, I, I just heard I, I wasn't just eavesdropping over here. Just this is a small room. And yeah, we weren't very far away when you were saying it. But it's the it's a, a hatred for God um, that is that is uh, out there. And uh Unfortunately, the the one that loves you the most is the one that is is rejected. And um, I was always I was always uh, intrigued by the hatred of God uh, by a lot of rock rock artists. Um, when a lot of them are you know they'll sing songs about uh, the injustices of this world and, and cry. Oh, I can't even just say rock. That's just what I listen to. So it might be a bunch of other ones, but the injustices of world uh, uh, in this world. And I'm going well. But that's not the Lord. You know, that's this sinful man or these sinful people, you know, oppressing those people or doing whatever it is. The, the Lord clearly speaks against that in the scripture. You know, have you have you read anything about Jesus and, and the hatred for Jesus? You know, but I've always and I, maybe it's just a rebellion uh, that's in them. But just that. But hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for us to be able to. And this puts us in a proper perspective. Uh as we go through this, the, the next verse says, give us day by day our daily bread. This is a prayer that we could pray every single day. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong for us repeating this every day in prayer. There is something wrong with us repeating uh, prayers or repeating things uh, in, in vain repetition. Um, and, and that's where, uh, as I said, I grew up Catholic and it was, okay, I need to say this seven times. I need to do this and need to do that. And it, the, the scripture clearly says, I mean, I'm not, if I walked up to you and just started saying that again, you'd be like, okay, we're going to make fall. Or you're going to step back. The first time might be, Hey, that's pretty cool. But if I start repeating the same thing I said to you, tell me that's not going to make you nervous, right? It's going to make you nervous, right? Cause you know, wait a minute. Is he stuck on repeat or, um, you know, it's, uh, I so a couple weeks ago, Jen and I took the girls down to Boston, the Boston area. We went to six flags, uh, one day, and then we went to Quincy Market the next day, went to Fenway the other day. So it was a bunch of craziness, you know, but we had a good time. And uh, the girls had already been exposed to a subway once in uh, when we visited some friends in Brooklyn and then uh, one time in Boston before. So we've kind of bounced around, only this time we kind of knew where we were going. We were, we, were, we were going, okay, so if I buy a red line ticket and I need to get to green or orange, I don't need to buy a bunch of different tickets. I just, that's where I need to change you know, to get on different buses. So uh, different trains. So we're figuring all that out. And, and, uh, you know, it's been pretty good for each train ride and everything. My daughter, my youngest, Natalie, after, after this experience of us sitting there, one dude just starts screaming down there. And then, you know, we're in the same car as this guy. And I look, I look down, what is going on? And, okay. Now I know what's going on. He's tripping on something or doing something. But I noticed there's a young lady sitting kind of across from him all by herself. And uh, obviously, I'm a guy. I have a wife and three daughters. The the protection mode comes on, and I think it was only like me and one other dude in there. But uh, I don't know how this fills in. I have no idea how this ties in. Hopefully, by the end, I'll come back to it. But um, we're uh, we're we're in this car, and he starts just freaking out. At one point, he's ripping things off the wall and everything, and he just starts standing there, and he'd scream something, and he'd kind of settle down, and I'm just constantly watching, making sure he's not doing anything to that young lady, and then there's another lady here who looked like, dude, come at me. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. <laughs> you know, she, she's ready to go, right? She's ready to go, and uh, but <laughs> yeah, and uh, and she, she's not going to take anything, but this other lady, just this young girl, uh, probably 20 years old, and she's just kind of keeping her head down and everything, and 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 then I, I noticed something that he's he's doing this weird movement and he and I look over and he's trying to hand her a beer, 
And uh, this this one girl by herself. So I kind of, hey, like that. And I got his attention. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get stabbed now or what. But so and then uh, he kind of is looking around. He's trying to figure out who yelled to him. There's only like, you know, a few of us in the car and I'm closest to you, bud. But um, uh, and then he looks at me and out, you know, wants to offer me a beer. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm thanks. I'm good. Thanks. And and uh, but just uh, I'm trying to figure out how why I'm telling you this story. And um, so. So eventually, it, it, we come to it. What's that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right, right. Maybe that's it. So um, uh, it, at some point, uh, it wasn't the next stop. It was, the, it was uh, the one before we got off. I was wondering he was getting off or not. And they ended up getting off, and I was going to go and talk to the young lady and just say, hey, would you mind just jumping off? I'll buy you a ticket. Just jump off so I know you're okay or whatever. Um, and I'm going to come back into why I'm talking about this, because your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. I don't know why I'm telling you this story. But uh, it had something to do with traveling and being on there, and I will come back to it because I apologize. <laughs> Repeating yourself, yes. So he's just, yes, thank you. So, so this guy's it, that, uh, that that's exactly it. The crazy conversation. Thanks. See, I told you it's a little bit interactive because I'll get off on a rabbit trail. But um, you get nervous when things that you're not expecting happen. You know those things. So it, it's awkward when somebody does something that's not expected, right? So if I am just sitting up here and I start reading the same verses over and over and over again, you're gonna be like. Is he trying to get a message across to us? Do we need to call somebody to get him help? Right, right. You're gonna you're gonna try to figure out what's going on here. But so we, yes, we can pray this prayer every day, and I highly recommend that we do because this is a great way to set the tone for our day. First of all, we're going to our Father and we're calling him our Father, and 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 realizing and and vocalizing the fact that he's holy and we need him. We need his holiness in our lives. Um, that we need his kingdom to come. And we need his will to be done. Remember John the Baptist, uh, you know, he must increase, I must decrease. That, and, and Jesus himself said, not my will, but yours be done, Father, when he had to lay down his own will to be obedient to the will of the Father. So on earth as it is in heaven, give us day by day our daily bread as a reminder that, that we need to be praying every day for God's provision. Uh, America here, we can pray for all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, 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 I've never really been one, I never have been one, I should say, but I've always been uh, uh, amazed at how many people will be standing in the stands of a football game, praying to God that, oh, please let this, you know, just go here. And now, we could probably make some, some justification where, Lord, I'd like to see this person win so that they can, you know, uh, proclaim your name, uh, you know, whatever it is. Whatever that is, that's not what we're praying. We want to see the play. We want to get excited, right? That's that's usually what it is. Uh, it's, uh, the, it, there's a selfish prayer in there. Uh, but uh, So we'll pray for all kinds of things. And, and uh, one thing that I've noticed um, – uh, whether it's through social media or if it's through just conversation is I've seen complete heathen say, you know, praying for you. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> who are we praying? Don't, don't pray for me. You don't pray for me because I know, I don't know who you're praying to. Right. I don't want your prayers right now. I would say that half joking. Right. But, uh, but it, it's so important to, um, for us to be praying and to give us day by Day our daily bread. So the, being able to give offerings and ask the Lord, and uh, sorry, and thank the Lord for what He's providing for us. Even sitting before our meal, just bowing our heads and praying, thanking Him for His daily provision for us. Uh, here in America, there's a fixation on stuff. Oh God, I, I just need uh, this hundred and fifty thousand dollar a week job so that I can provide for my family, and then you know, right, <laughs> exactly right, and then I can buy everything else out. Uh, that I need, but uh, it's it's uh, um, when when the Lord is. Remember, this is a lesson. This is a model prayer that's being given, and when he's he's putting a focus on the day to day uh, provision. Just think of the children of Israel eating the manna every day that they had to rely upon the Lord, right? And the quail, and they couldn't keep it. They had to trust the Lord every day to be provided for. And so important for them. To, and, it, and that's such an important lesson for us that our little, 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 tiny, minuscule faith will go, oh, wait, uh, things are things are going on. God hates me and I'm going to die tomorrow or whatever. 
That, that's that I, I maybe it's just me that does that, that that will free I don't say that God hates me but just this the instant panic of what, what about what about dude settle down you know I've got to tell myself relax you know when has the Lord ever failed me never so we can just trust in him for daily provision daily uh, daily instruction daily everything that we can come to him and uh, give us day by day our daily bread. Verse 4 says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now, uh, the old English, uh, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? So uh, there's a, uh, anybody who's been studying this, this portion of scripture is familiar uh, with this, and, and uh, we, we desperately want the grace of the Lord. We, and, and unfortunately, um, you know the grace of the Lord uh, can be abused, uh, and uh, that the 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 reliance on oh well grace oh well grace oh well grace so I can just kind of do whatever I want because I'm going to trust in God's grace. Yes, we can trust in God's grace, but have we submitted our lives to the Lord and asked Him to be our Savior? Then comes it becomes the question, right? Because yeah, you know I prayed this prayer in fourth grade, so now I'm good and I can do whatever I want because I, I did that. Don't really care to believe, but I kind of did the whole thing, and now I'm good to go. Or are we really walking with the Lord or not? And that's, that can be the question. We do want the Lord's forgiveness, but we're also called to forgive. Uh, forgiving is not an easy thing. Okay, how hard is it, right? Okay, just think of kids. You know what I mean? Where they, you've got to go ask. You tell them you need to say you're sorry to them. And and I just remember as a kid, like I do not want to look at my little sister. And walk up, basically say, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Right? That's the worst thing, right? Especially as a little kid. And I don't know that it gets much easier when we get older, uh, you know. But but we do need to be ready to um, to confess our sin against somebody or whatever and, and ask for that forgiveness, but also to be willing to forgive instead of holding back the forgiveness or or. Or being able, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I forgive you, but I'm going to keep this in my pocket. I'm going to pull it out when I need, right? You know, just instead of just letting it go and removing it. And uh, you know, none of us, I know, I don't want to re be reminded of my old, uh, my old past. I don't want that thrown in my face. I don't want any of that stuff. And I know that I, I know almost all of you. I'm getting to know you guys and you know everything. But uh, I, I know that none of us want you know that old that old person that's dead and buried and gone after our. Um, uh, after our salvation, baptism, and walking with the Lord, right? That 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 old person, and now we're walking in newness of life. I don't want that uh, bringing uh, coming back to me, but that true forgiveness. Because once something's forgiven, you can't really come back and be like, "I unforgive you," you know. And now 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 it's back on the table, right? No, it's either we we've, we've forgiven that and and we've moved moved on, or we have not. And if we want the Lord to do it, we also need to have that love and forgiveness in our hearts. It's not always easy. Um, there have been times where I'm like, I don't want to forgive whoever, but I just need to. Or I've talked to somebody, just be like, it's just going to kill you. Just let it go. Just let it go, and uh, things are going to move on because it's just going to eat you alive. So um, those are things that we don't want to deal with in our lives. So uh, that forgiveness, and we're asking Jesus for the forgiveness. Um, we also need to be able to share that forgiveness with others. Um the last part, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, the scripture tells us to, you know, flee from uh, from evil and, and cling to what is good. Uh, there are so many different uh, different times that that's mentioned that, that we just need to. And we can ask the Lord to forgive because, you know, scripture does. There's there's one thing that um, that I think I think as Christians, we need to understand people will say to you, God will not give you what you, it won't give you more than you can take. And I, I, I don't think that's accurate because he likes to give us more than we can take because it drives us to him so that we have to rely upon him, right? So when, when I see this, I, I think people are getting, getting mixed up uh, in their, in their uh, maybe a, a, a belief system on whatever, wherever they got it or whatever. But I usually try to tell people, no, he usually likes to give us things that we can't take because then we have to rely. Remember Paul? Paul just begging the Lord, hey, would you take this thorn from my flesh? Can you just take it? And no, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, that's so important for us to know that he will give us things that we can't take, but it drives us to him. And then he'll say, you can't do this, but I can. Just come to me and I can take care of these things. 
we are provided a way out from of temptation. You know that the, the scripture does tell us that. So when when it says here, and do not lead us into the Lord doesn't tempt us. The God does not tempt us. The scripture tells us that. But do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We do want to be delivered from the one that can and will and does tempt us. And from our own flesh that draws us away. When sin sin kind of comes from our own desires, and once we start following those desires, it give, brings forth, James tells us, brings brings uh, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is grown, full grown, produces death, right? So uh, we don't want any of those things. I'd rather just, you know what, I want the grace. I want the mercy. I want to walk with the Lord every day. We don't want um, what the uh, the our enemy wants and, and what our flesh wants for us. We truly want this conversation that we can have with the Lord uh, every morning. This is a great way to set the tone for our morning and everything, and it's going to help us remember, okay, when I'm getting up in the morning, you can go through that, uh, and then uh, you know I've done that, and just added things to it. Like, hey, you know what? It's just uh, one one thing I will tell you. If, if uh, and I, I do encourage you to pray this every day. Um, slow down when you do it. Slow down and meditate on what we're saying because uh, it, it, I mean it can be really quick to boom. I got to put some fast forward up. Okay, got to grab my uh, grab my bag and get get out the door. Got to get driving and everything. Right, right. So it's just, okay, you know what? If you need to get out the door, get out the door. Get in the car. Shut off your radio so the talk radio and the music and everything doesn't distract you. Then take the time and just talk to the Lord. Take our time. Just pour our hearts out to him. Set the tone for our day. And um, I, I remember Will Will sharing with us that um, we have a, a brother that, that was here years ago that would just – he's like, I talk to God all day. And so when I, when I go to bed at night, I can just say, good night, Lord. <laughs> that's it. Good night, Lord. I've been, we've been we've been talking all day, and uh, that's a great approach. Um, very very powerful. I like it. So we're gonna continue on in verse five. And he said to them, "Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come." to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within and say do not trouble me the door is now shut and my children uh, are with me in bed I cannot rise and give it to you I say to you though he will not uh, though he will not rise and give it to him because uh, sorry let's go back verse uh, verse 8 I say to you though he will not rise and give to him because uh, he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So here's a here's a, um, a lesson in persistence. Not that the Lord is annoyed by us. This is actually one of those times where the Lord will use a parable to show us the opposite. So, and we'll see here uh, in, in verses 9 through 13, that opposite. So it's not like the Lord, when we go to him, he's going to be like, oh, would you? If I say yes, will you go away? That's not it. That's not it at all, right? What he's saying is, is that man is probably going to not want to help you. But you can go to the Lord. I mean, who goes at midnight and asks for loaves of bread? You know, the the whole the whole uh, thing that the Lord is sharing here um, uh, is, uh, you know, usually we're probably not going to go at night and everything. But the Lord is telling this so that we can understand the difference between the the reaction we're going to get from man and the reaction we're going to get from the Lord. If that if I'm making sense here, verse nine. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So here's the opposite. You can you can go to man and man's going to be bugged by you and just say, you know what, Are you, if you go away, I'll give you the loaves and I can send you away here. The Lord is actually ask, is saying here, 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And it's a continual asking, knocking, seeking, uh, asking, seeking, knocking. And uh, it was cool. I was uh, uh, Another thing that I, I learned from listening to Damien Kyle was um, you can actually use it as an acronym, A-S-K, ask, seek, no. So ask the word. I was like, how am I? You know, it's been walking with the Lord for, what, 20 years now, and I've never heard that before. And just go, I'm mowing my lawn. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. And uh, so ask, seek, and knock. And it's all in the word ask. So uh, for everyone who asks, receives. So um, there is, we are told by the Lord that that's, there are times where we're going to ask and, and not receive because we're asking for the lust of our hearts because we just want to blow the money or whatever it may be. I want this. Well, no, because you have this uh, this set as your mindset. And you're not going to get that. Um, Jesus is talking about, you know, for for everything that we we do need, um, we truly need. Uh, for everyone who asks receives. Uh, it can be salvation. It can be for provision, protection. This we can. There's a lot that you can extrapolate from this and and apply to our Christian walks. But just knowing that we can ask, we can seek and knock, and and it isn't like if you uh, you know. Um, if you're not knocking loud enough, if you're not asking right, the the Lord knows our hearts. He knows the intentions of our hearts. And if we go, just like a, you know anybody with a child when they walk up to you and they need something, you know we're not going to look at them and go, if you would only ask the right way, you know, right? You know, I, I'm in desperate need. You know, I've got a hot dog stuck in my throat. Well, you know, you're 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 not saying it right, right? You know, or or whatever, right? There's the the ask, seek, and um and and knock. The Lord is encouraging us. Rather than the friend who's like, why are you bugging me? The Lord is encouraging us. Continue. Keep coming to me because I'm going to provide for you. So uh, and, and he goes on to say, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Then we see a contrast. Uh, the, the Lord is teaching us something, and he's, uh, this, is, this is important for us. It says, if a son asks for bread, um, for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? I mean, who would do that, right? That's the, what the Lord is saying is when you ask and, and you're seeking and you're knocking, you know, understand that your heavenly father knows what you need and wants to provide for you. So go ahead and ask. Go ahead and do that because just like you and even more so than you, he knows when you need something, you can go to him and he's going to, uh, he's going to grant that to you because he's a good father. Because that's who he is. So when he, when he goes on to say, you know, who among you would give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, you're going to give him a serpent instead of a fish. Can you imagine, like, how perplexing it would be to, for a kid? Like, can I have some bread? Oh, here's a stone. Right? <laughs> right? You're just going to look and go, I, I can't eat this. I can't. This doesn't provide for me at all. Right? Um, you know, I, I, I asked for a fish. You want something to eat. And you give him a snake. Okay? That, that that's, a st that's not helping me. Right. Um, if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? You know, just the Lord's using these things because they're these are th these are obvious things. Uh, he, these are rhetorical questions. You know, he's not waiting for the no, no, no. You know, it's they're rhetorical. They're uh, designed with rhetoric to make us think. And um, if you then being evil, that's that's important. Right. Because we do. We are evil in our hearts and our hearts need to be changed by the Lord. Because we're evil and, and because we're sinful and we want to seek our own desires and, and, and we don't want to be bugged, right, by the friend at midnight, uh, he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, we do. We know how to give those things. Even though we, we, we do have sin, uh, we're sinful beings and everything, we still know how to if we're good parents or we're good grandparents or what aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever it is. You know, a little kid comes up to you and, you know, wants help with something. We're not going to look at him and, you know, scoff at him. If we know how to do that, how much more? I love that it says here, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's so powerful. So bring the Holy Spirit. That's the difference in all of this is God's spirit. We do need the Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is ask. It's all we have to do. And he's going to give it to us. That's so important for us to understand that. There, there are times where we're going to feel like, oh, I, I need to earn. I don't deserve. I don't know. You know what? 
You don't have to earn, but no, we don't deserve, but because of his goodness, because of his love for us, he's going to provide for us. And um, we can go to him and know that as the good father, we can just trust in him. That song, uh, Chris, Chris Tomlin, right? You're a good father. It's who you are. It's just who the Lord is. You know, it's 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 who his character is, and um and uh, and we don't have to uh, worry if he's if he's somebody uh, like us, uh, unreliable, and uh, one that we 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 can't trust, or or uh, one that's going to seek our own. Uh, we have a few minutes, so we'll uh, we'll keep going here. Verse fourteen. He was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, but some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So a little bit of a shift here for us. So uh, the Lord is ministering to somebody and freeing them from demonic possession. We talked about, I think it was in Luke uh, 9 or 10, we talked about um, demon possession and, and um, we talked about physical ailments that just because somebody may have uh, a seizure doesn't mean that they are demon-possessed. They may have epilepsy, and the, and the Scripture makes a difference between the two conditions. Um, but here the Lord is is uh, ministering to somebody who's mute, can't talk. And uh, it's cast out, and everybody marvels, and everybody sees. And then we have the, the religious leaders that we learn that uh, are the ones that are saying, hey, uh, you know, you know what? He's casting them. It says it casts out demons by Beelzebub, the devil. Um, uh, the ruler of the demons, um, others testing him, sought uh, from him a sign from heaven. So there's the accusation here that you know what you're you're just you're playing a, playing a game on us, and you're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. You're just doing this be, uh, with uh, you're using demonic powers to cast out demonic powers to deceive us is what he's being uh, deceived uh, being accused of. So it says, others testing him uh, sought from him a sign from heaven. Verse 17, but he, knowing their thoughts, they're, say, they're asking for a sign, but he knows the thought behind what they're saying. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house fails, or falls. Sorry, <laughs> need glasses here. Um, if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. If I cast demons out by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, uh, his goods are in peace. But when a, when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. So the Lord is addressing the accusation of a, a more powerful demon casting out another demon, and uh, and the the unbelief or somebody just wanting to be entertained by signs. He goes on to say here, if a kingdom is now now think of think of the, the illustration the Lord has given. Think of how how foolish it is for somebody to actually think that what they are accusing him of. Because okay, so if you've got one army and they want to split up against each other and say, hey, we're just going to fight. And we're going to fight, and that's going to deceive everybody. No, you're going to kill everybody, and your, your army's going to be done, right? Just the, think of how absurd it is for somebody to to think and to say, "Oh yeah, well yeah, well you guys are just getting, fighting against yourselves," and that that's really where it is. And that, as absurd as that sounds, that's what they're that's what they're accusing Jesus of, is that well you have a demon that therefore you're casting out demons, and that's that's an absurdity. Uh, and the Lord is saying, you know, a kingdom divided against itself can't, it's not going to stand. The same with a house. So, and then I love the question that he says here. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons do it? 
that's a, okay. I'm gonna, I love how he would just turn. You could just say a couple things, and uh, there's usually not much of a, a response afterwards. Um, but he just he just turns it around on them. Then if I'm doing it that way, but 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 how about you? Uh, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, the ones that are saying this are the ones that should recognize the kingdom of God. They should know the scripture, and they should know when they're reading through and they're hearing all these things that that and they're seeing, they're witnessing, and they're, and and what the Lord is showing them and, and what He's what He's saying to them should be evident that the Messiah is there. But they're blinded by their own. Uh, their own sinfulness and by, blinded by uh, everything else that they have going on in their hearts and in their minds that they are righteous on their own because they're doing this and they're doing that. And uh, they uh, basically what he's saying um, at that point is you got you guys, you're not even seeing it. He says, he says, um, the, but if I cast him out with the finger of God, I mean, so they want to keep arguing because it doesn't sound like they they are at this point. Um, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So now they're at a crossroads. So is this the finger of God casting him out? Or did we just do something really wrong and accusing him that he is, uh, that, that he's doing this by the power of uh, Beelzebub? Verse 21 says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are, are in peace. Now, remember, we're talking about uh, about the, the uh, you know power of demons um, and uh, when someone's uh, possessed and everything. And he, he's going on to explain that this demon may have had control over him, but when another one stronger than him comes and uh, then you know whatever they trusted and whatever they they thought they could hold on to because it says when a stronger comes upon him and overcomes him and takes from him all his armor um in which he trusted and divides his spoils he who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters so he's taught that that description of one more powerful than that demon is here to take care of this so that demon may be strong and may have had him, but one more powerful than him just took care of this whole situation is, is uh, the lesson that the Lord is saying. Verse 24, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to, to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And uh, they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Very, uh, very interesting to read. When somebody has been freed, the Holy Spirit needs to be there. So, if, and, and we've talked about it before, we can't, a Christian can't be demon possessed. Not possible. You can't be possessed by a demon and possessed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that would be a weird scenario wouldn't it be just head spinning and then you can praise your raise your hand that's not the case we can be oppressed um we can be uh tempted we can be uh attacked those things but we can't be a demon can't uh indwell us when the holy spirit lives inside of us can't have light and darkness in the same spot right so it's important, and what the Lord is teaching here is when someone has been freed, that that spirit, that, you know, when it goes out, and, and I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm this, that what the Lord says is that they go through dry places and they're seeking a place, and if they can't, can they go back to the place that, that uh, would, so if this man was just healed and then didn't, and delivered, and then wanted to return to his sin, does he end up returning to his sin, and then in, you know, seven times worse of a place when, this uh, this demon comes back and and uh, all those demon buddies of him come in and it says the the end state is worse. What he's talking about is the freedom from the uh, from the possession and then to accept the Holy Spirit and walk uh, with the Lord and have the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit indwelling us rather than being found. Uh, it says it's neat and put in order. Every, everything's been taken care of, but it need we need to have the Holy Spirit living within us. To, because at that point, once we've asked the Holy Spirit, we're walking with the Lord. We don't have to go. Oh, am I possessed? Am I possessed? You know, am I, you know, I, I keep struggling with. Yes, we are. We we're being refined. 
we are being built. We are being strengthened. And, you know, there are going to be times of weaknesses for us. But we don't have to sit there and go, am I demon possessed? I, I, I know I've accepted the Lord and I know I have his Holy Spirit. But I think I got one living in my life, my left foot or something. You know, it's, it's just hiding out there where, you know, it, it's, it's foolishness for us to think that, right? You know, a, a demon can't be where the Holy Spirit is. So, um, uh, you know, as he's teaching, uh, teaching this, it's, it's one or the other. And it happened as he spoke. I like this verse 27. Somebody gets excited that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. He said more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. She's excited, wants to say something and, and just says, you know what? Bless your, uh, your mother. Now, Anybody who has a Catholic background, right? If there's anybody who has a Catholic background, you know instantly. Okay, you know, uh, blessed be the fruit of your womb. But you know, all that stuff. It, it it's going to come to that. That comes to mind. Hail uh, Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. I don't even remember it. Um, but uh, that that vain repetition of that, and and what the Lord said. If the Lord doesn't say no. She's not blessed. You know, yes, Mary was a blessed woman. She's somebody that the Lord used, a young lady that was obedient to the Lord and uh, and trusted the Lord. And um, you know, Mary, she she uh, was uh, somebody that um, we can learn a lot about faith from uh, and, and trusting the Lord. I mean, she's a uh, young woman, virgin that is told, "Hey, you're going to give birth to the Messiah," and. Uh, that's uh, that's something you know. Go through and read that slowly, and kind of kind of process it, and go, wow, all right, well, you know what? She she ended up just saying, "Your will, Lord." You know, <laughs> it, it's uh, this. So the Lord doesn't say, "No, we you know don't don't bless her." You know, but what He says more than uh, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Yeah, it's it's. Unfortunately, the religions of man want to take that declaration and run with it and say, hey, we need to design a prayer that, that kind of is built around that and everything. No, no, you miss the whole other part where he says, blessed, uh, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's what it's all about. Hearing the word, having ears to hear and, uh, and listening to the Lord and being obedient to what we hear and what we know. It's, you know... That's that's a powerful thing for us to read because this woman and 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 I love I, I sometimes you wish you could rewind and watch something you you'd love to see because you know she was she was excited you know what I mean and she just kind of blurts it out and says and, and says this and I, that would have been cool to witness and then just to hear the Lord just you know and 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 watch him uh, talk to her more than that blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it we're gonna end up stopping uh, there tonight. But it's it's that's I think that's a great spot for us to uh, to 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 break off and then we'll we'll you know finish uh, chapter eleven. But hearing the word of God and keeping it that's the that's something we can focus on because what have we heard tonight the the model prayer and and for us where it says give us day by day our daily bread you know we're asking the Lord to provide for us daily how would we do that but talking to him praying to him daily. And uh, so we have the model prayer and we can learn, we learn, uh, and it may not be something you learn for the first time. We, uh, we went over again, uh, the heart of the Lord that, that he's not bugged by us going to him. He tells us, ask, seek, knock. That's what the Lord wants. He wants us, you know, that the Lord, uh, you know, how many times does the scripture tell us that the Lord is, is, uh, rewards those who, um, I just had the word and it just flew out of my head. Diligently seek him. The word diligently just flew right out of my head when I was thinking that. But that diligently seek the Lord, the diligence that we need in our lives to, to, to go to him every day, to know that we're not bugging him. We might, we might uh, bug him by uh, uh, asking uh, for things with the wrong, the wrong hearts. The Lord's going to say, no, you're not going to get that. No, how many times have we done that, you know, or experienced that is, is no, you can't have, you know, a can of Mountain Dew before you go to bed. No, you can't have a count. You know, and the kid's going to be up bouncing off the walls. You know, it's, you know, we're not going to bug the Lord. But as we're every day 
if we're praying your kingdom come, your will be done, and that's the true cry of our heart, he is going to give us what we ask. He is going to give us what we seek uh, and what we're knocking. The, all those things uh, are, are going to be given to us. And, and he's not going to give us a scorpion when we ask for an egg. You know, it's just that, that him being the good father uh, can provide for us. And as we go through and we're, we're, we're seeing here that, that uh, he is being accused of uh, uh, being a demon himself or, uh, you know, having that demon possession and everything and just understanding that um, that w with the Lord, we don't have to worry about. And, and I, I only say this, guys, because I've heard it so many times. Oh, I wonder if this person's got a demon. I wonder if this person's got a demon. There is demon possession. If you guys haven't watched the news, there is demon possession happening still. People say, "Oh, that's they're they're." But if someone is their their lives are are um, in submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ, we don't have to look and go, "Oh, that demon's just being well behaved, so this person can go to church." And this person, you know, that demon. No, that's not how it goes. The demons, because if you look, you know, I. I a demon, when you look at demon possession, it's always trying to, cast, like we talked about, cast the kid into the fire, throw him into the water. They're bringing them out, and they're gutting and cutting and screaming themselves, trying to kill themselves. That's the desire, is the death of the host, or torture. You know, it's, you're not going to have one or the other. So the Lord addresses the, well, that's a stupid thing, basically. And I'm, that's, sorry, that's John's summation of what the Lord's saying is, no, the, the kingdom divided against itself will fall. Um, yeah, he, he addresses those things. And, and so when we go through these accounts uh, and we see these things here, we can learn more about uh, who the Lord is, uh, who our enemy is, and uh, how much stronger he is and that we don't have to worry about, uh, about the enemy uh, after we've come to the Lord. As long as we just cling to the Lord and draw near to him, uh, the devil's going to flee. That's what the scripture tells us. And, and you know, we can find that in James too. So not James, James also, not James chapter two, but James also. So uh, it's, it's important for us to know. And uh, keeping the word of God is uh, it more than that. I'm going to end right here. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Let's be hearers of the word and keepers of the word and doers of the word. Then we don't have to worry about the other junk, right? The other junk is what happens when we don't do what we're supposed to. So Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we are so blessed that uh, we can sit and study your word and know you more and to know that we're not bugging you when we're praying to you. And Lord, that, that, that the daily prayer to you is something that you are blessed by. And Father, help us to, to be disciplined as your children, that your church will be disciplined to pray every day, to be in your word every day. We need those things in our lives. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to build us and, and bring us to bring us to you and teach us that as we sit, Lord, that we're not just trying to read through a chapter or two and uh, click done. Uh, you know, I can move on with the day, but we're we're going uh, to your feet and we're sitting at your feet as Mary did, and uh, we want to hear from you and we want to grow. So we pray, Lord, that you would be with us, continue to build us and strengthen us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.